you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 174th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. Today, we're continuing our conversation about self-discovery with Jonathan Robinson. Jonathan is a New York Times bestselling author and co-host of the popular podcast, Awareness Explorers. Jonathan has made a career out of getting to know what leads to enlightenment by befriending the greatest spiritual teachers of our time. From Oprah to Adyashanti, he has interviewed over 100 notable people to get their take on how to live a happy, peaceful, and meaningful life. He has shared what he has learned on shows such as Oprah, The Today Show, The Tonight Show, and on news programs on CNN and NBC. In his latest book, The Enlightenment Project, How I Went from Depressed to Blessed, and You Can Too, he shares stories of what he learned from people such as the Dalai Lama, Byron Katie, Deepak Chopra, and the late Mother Teresa and Ram Dass, as well as powerful methods that helped him out of his depression and into lasting inner peace. His book has recently been number one on Amazon in the area of spiritual growth. Jonathan is a media favorite and has appeared on over 300 radio shows and podcasts, along with his many national TV appearances. He is even a popular speaker at major corporations such as Google, Microsoft, Coca-Cola, and Bank of America. He is known for providing audiences with immediately useful information in an entertaining and humorous way. With his wit and wisdom, he shares entertaining stories and practical methods to help people have more inner peace, love, and joy in their lives. We all could use more of that. So thank you so much for joining us today, Jonathan. Looking forward to it, Kim. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start by asking you, what was it like to hang out with enlightened gurus such as Mother Teresa, Ram Dass, Wayne Dyer, Byron Katie, and I know there's many others, but they're the ones that I'm familiar with. What was that like? Everybody's an individual. Just because you're enlightened doesn't mean you all become very much the same. So in a certain way, everybody was even more unique. Generally, it's a lot of fun especially if you don't put them too much on a pedestal and you're just yourself. Because they're wise, they usually have a great sense of humor. They are a little bit different. In every situation, whether it's with Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama, unexpected things would happen. So it was never dull. And I really enjoyed them and they enjoyed me because I was very much myself. I'd ask the questions you're not supposed to ask. It was just quite an honor. And I was trying to find their best methods so I could steal them and give them out to other people, including myself, because I think if we all had a way to inner peace and joy that was easy, then life would be different. Oh, it sure would be. I'm imagining that there may have been some miracles you experienced while hanging out with these people. Could you share some of that? Sure. One that was pretty dramatic, uh, I've seen a guy named Sai Baba, a very famous Indian guru, known for manifesting things out of thin air, such as ash, because we're born of ash, we go back to ash. Well, I'm an amateur magician, Kim, so I wanted to see if he could really do this. 
there would be 100,000 people there, and I got a good ticket to get close to him that mm -hmm. day, the first day I'm there. And as he passes me by, he puts his hand six inches from my face, and he starts manifesting a lot of ash. I mean, not a little, like cupfuls. And I know as a magician how you can do that. I look for all those ways, and he's not doing it that way. So then he stops and he looks at me and he says, satisfied magic man? And I said, yeah, that's pretty good. And then he bent over. I thought he was going to whisper something in my ear, but he actually did something like a sneezed on me. And when he did that, I felt like all my molecules went all over the universe. And I was in a state of bliss for about five days between him manifesting things and sending me into the cosmos for five days. That was pretty impressive. I would say so. I wouldn't mind being in the cosmos myself. That sounds yeah. truly amazing. And did he know you were a magician or he just picked you out like that? He just picked me out like that. That was my first day there. So nobody knew me, including him. Early in my looking for enlightened folks, I was not knowing if there's really something different out there. So I would collect miracle stories. A lot of them happened to me and they continue to happen. I don't think of myself as a guru, but weird things do happen around me a bunch of the time. But that's true for a lot of people. If I asked you, have you ever experienced something that you couldn't explain, you know, a psychic phenomenon or something? My guess is you'd say yes, because about 80% of people do say yes to that. We live in an unfathomable world and we get lost into thinking that, you know, life is a drudgery. But Enlightened people expect miracles, and weird things are often happening around them. And there is grace, there is magic. And as Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven within us. And mm -hmm. we just got to find the key to that kingdom. And I believe that for different people, different things work. I wrote the Enlightenment Project to try and give the 20 keys that I found work the best for people without having to spend 40 years going to every guru on the planet. I just wanted to make it convenient for people. This is what seems to work the best. Very good. And that's your latest book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's somewhat autobiographical. I was a suicidally depressed teenager and almost killed myself. But as I started to realize that peace is possible and started using some good ideas and methods, nowadays, I don't think of myself so much as enlightened as thinking like I live in a pretty continuous state of peace. And that's pretty good, especially when you spend a good part of your life thinking about how to kill yourself. I had the blessing of growing up in a highly dysfunctional family. My brother and sister, who never quite got into self-help or spirituality, they both ended up in mental hospitals. Wow. Yeah, that happens to so many people who have a dysfunctional background, and they were too mm. little to really do anything about it. I like that you say you were blessed to grow up in that environment. Can you say more about how you see that as a blessing? Well, whether you're talking about the Dalai Lama or Oprah or Mother Teresa or Wayne Dyer, all of these people had incredibly horrific childhoods. I got beaten up a lot by my stepfather, which probably wasn't as bad as Oprah or the Dalai Lama or Wayne Dyer. You know, he was, uh, I know you were a fan of his, and he was very kind to me, took me under his wing. He was a foster kid. When you are challenged that way, you either sink or swim. I was meditating every day by the time I was 12. My brother and sister weren't quite so fortunate they sunk. If you have a difficult childhood, you start to question, why are we here? What can I do 
I can't control my world. That's the way most people find happiness. I can't control my world, so I must go within and find peace, joy, love within myself. The sooner you realize that that's a good strategy, the better. And how did you know to meditate at 12 years old? I didn't even know what meditation was at 12 years old. I was a big Beatles fan, and the Beatles had gone to India to meditate. And then I read books about it. I could read books, but I was a big Beatles fan, so that got me started. I love that. I know you mentioned that these phenomenal people that you interviewed also were quite funny. So I'm imagining that some of the moments with them may have been lighthearted as well. Do you have anything along those lines you could share? Sure. One story that's kind of funny, a lot of these people said that gratitude was a way into the divine and into peace. I'm kind of lazy, Kim, so I didn't want to keep a gratitude journal or anything like that. But a friend of mine came back from India and said that his guru had given him a magical mantra to help him feel gratitude all the time. And I said, well, what's that mantra? He said, well, I can't give it to you. You have to go to India directly to get it from the guru. I always want the best method. So I traveled to India. I travel 18 hours. Then I take a rickshaw for four hours. Have to wait in line three hours. I'm jet lagged and worn out. Finally get a chance to talk to this guy. And in a deep Indian accent, he says, oh, yes, my mantra is the most powerful mantra on earth. So he leans in to whisper it in my ear. And he says, whenever possible, repeat these words. The mantra I give you are the words, thank you. Wow. <laughs> well, I look at him and I go, that's it? I traveled 18,000 miles to get thank you? That's it? He goes, no, 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 no. That's it is the mantra you have been using. That makes you feel like you never have enough. My mantra is thank you. That's it will take you nowhere. So I'm totally pissed off. I say, well, thanks for nothing. And he looks at me and he goes, thanks for nothing is not the mantra. You must say it from your heart many times a day. So when you eat good food, say thank you. Or when you see your child or a sunset or a pet, say thank you from your heart. And soon you'll be filled with gratitude. I was still pissed off, but, you know, as I left the ashram, I got in a taxi that had air conditioning. I was like, oh, thank you, you know, because it's 110 degrees in India. And then I get to the hotel and the lights work. You know, in India at that time, nothing worked. But here, the lights worked that day, you know, thank you. And then I call my wife over Skype at that time. And I'm talking to my wife on the other side of the planet for free. And I'm thinking, well, thank you for my wife. Thank you for Skype. Thank you for my computer. Tears of gratitude go down my face, and my wife says, that must have been some mantra. And I said, you have no idea. Little things like that, we live better than kings lived 50 years ago. Yeah. But if you don't have a method that you can really use to tap into gratitude or love or joy, you miss out on all the goodies in life. So my mission has always been find the best ways of doing that and spread it around. We could use it. A lot of people are hurting nowadays. I learned to specialize in methods that take less than 30 seconds, partly because I was lazy, but that way you can kind of use them in daily life. And we need to bring our consciousness, our peace into daily life. That became kind of a hobby of mine. It ends up a lot of other people wanted to know those types of things as well. Wonderful. So you say that entering into feelings of peace, joy, and expanded love is easier than people think if you know the right technique. Will you share that technique with the audience today, or do they have to travel 18,000 miles to get it? 
No, they just have to travel to Amazon and order my book for $14.95 or whatever. Different things do work for different people. But for example, I have two dogs, uh, two golden retrievers, and I love them madly. I, I just adore dogs in general. So I think of wonderful times I've had with them. And people can do this now. Think of a, a pet you love or a child you love or a person you love. And just remember a special time with them. What it felt like to have this being to play with, to enjoy, to feel grateful for, and feel that sense of expansion in your heart of how grateful you are for that connection. And breathe into your heart and see if you can even imagine hugging that being or sending them your love and telling them how much you appreciate them. This whole thing has taken 30 seconds, and with practice, you get better at opening into love that way. With practice, you get better at opening to peace. These are skills that people think that the way to peace is you get a lot of money or a lot of fame. But whatever your politics, you can pretty well say that maybe somebody like Donald Trump does not look joyously happy. He was the most powerful person on earth, had a billion dollars, beautiful wife, and still was not happy. That's an extension of what we're doing. We're trying to control the outer world to be the way we want. But even if we could do that, it doesn't really lead to the joy, love, and peace that we're really yearning for. Because it's inside of us, and it's been inside of us the whole time. We yeah, just have yeah. to know how to find it and connect with it. I love that. How about tips on how to let go of past conditioning and trauma that mm -hmm. tends to prevent people, at least their perception, it prevents them from inner peace and happiness? There's a lot of great methods that I talk about in the Enlightenment Project. One I like is called the Sedona Method. There's a lot you can say about it and a lot I write about, but at its essence, it's basically saying, let's say you're triggered for something. Your wife, husband, kid does something you don't like. You say, can I let go of needing this to be different just for the next 20 seconds? You make it like a decision. Can I let go of it just for now? You're chasing after something. Can I let go of chasing after that just for now? That's one technique. One technique I like, which I ask myself many times a day, is can I let go of resisting what is? Can I allow what's happening to happen? It's going to happen simple. anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I'm judgmental of people, sometimes I'll use the phrase, well, they're being a perfect them. Think of a politician you don't like or a person you don't like. Well, they're doing that role perfectly. These are ways to get out of judgmental mind, get out of resistance and into the moment. That's where peace is found. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. Yeah, it's nice to get beyond judgment because that allows you to open your heart more. Yes. I've heard you teach people how to use relationships, money, and their careers to further their spiritual goals. Can you say more about that? Obviously, I have a bunch of chapters in the Enlightenment Project about that. Let's see if I can say something in a minute. First, the need for it. We kind of compartmentalize spirituality to a half hour of meditation or going to church. But life is in doing email, it's in driving a car, it's in talking to your husband or wife. It's really important to know how to do that, how to tap into serving your mate, how to learn about your obstacles to love through relationship. 
myself and ask myself, how did I contribute to this problem? So I cannot keep on doing the same problem. With money, money's useful because it keeps score. It doesn't lie. You see how much is in your bank account. You see what kind of results you're getting. By doing different experiments with money, spiritual experiments, I've gone to see that certain things help me to either make more money or help me not to worry about it. That's really important because we spend most of our time in the field of relationships and money. We need to have more of a understanding of how spirituality intersects with life in a way that's practical and a way that leads to more peace So we're not always thinking about worrying about money, worrying about relationships. We're actually feeling like we're making progress. Yes, I I like that because so many people think there's nothing spiritual about money. Money is the root of all evil and all of those things that we've been conditioned to believe. And yet here you have a way of using money in a spiritual way or attracting money in a spiritual way. Yeah, for me, you know, uh, when I've been interested in making more money, I just get very, very quiet. I ask, how can I uh, serve more people? And I usually get an answer, and those answers have led to a lot of money. You know, so I see that, you know, you could call it God or higher self, is, uh, is my financial advisor. That's very cool. I have a friend, another accountability partner. He told me that next year he wants to make a million dollars speaking. Mm-hmm. And and I thought, I've never had a money goal like that. My goal is to touch the lives of 2 million people with mental freedom next year. Mm-hmm. So my belief is money will be a consequence of that, but I, it hasn't been the, the thought in my head, Let let me make however much money a million dollars. I've never, never thought about that. Maybe I, maybe I should, I never have. Uh-huh. Um, so, of, you know, my show is called life equals choices, choices equal life. So of all the choices you've made in your life, can you share one that has had a significant positive impact for you? Yeah, I think the most important choice anybody can really make is, uh, First, getting clear on what they want, and then finding a way to get help for that. You know, even if 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 you want to make a million dollars, find a book or a person or a mentor who can help you with that. You know, if you want inner peace, find a book or a person or a mentor who can help you with that. If you want great relationships, same thing. So, being that I was a suicidally depressed, very shy person, um, I needed to ask for help. And I got in the habit of getting help from people and getting good at asking for help. And that eventually led to different teachers teaching me how to make money, how to, how to find peace, how to do relationships. You know, so I wasn't always reinventing the wheel. I was getting the best mind on the planet as my coach. You know, Wayne Dyer was my personal coach. You know, the, uh, Deepak Chopra told me how to meditate. Uh, the, Dalai Lama showed me some great ways of finding peace within. You know, why not? 
Now, I was able to meet these people, but they write their stuff in books. I I kind of condensed all of it into this one book because I'm lazy and I wanted to <laughs> give it so for other lazy people. But, you know, it's really, are you willing to be humble enough to ask for help? And that choice I made, rather than suicide, has led to a lot of good things. Well, I, for one, am very glad that you did not kill yourself as an adolescent, what the world would have missed and what you would have missed. Mm, So, excellent. So, our time is coming to an end, believe it or not. It seems to have gone so quickly. Is there anything you'd like to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet? Um, Well, I think different things work for different people. So, part of our job is to try a bunch of stuff and see what works for us. Use your personal experience as a barometer, not what other people say, this is what you should do. Um, And uh, though I do have at uh, my website, theenlightenmentproject.net, if people put in their email address, they get my five favorite techniques that can be done in under a minute. You know, it's a whole ebook and that's free. Um, So, you know, try different stuff, see what works for you. And um, then when you find something that works for you, just keep it up because it'll, it, it gets easier and easier. And I can predict, I'm very, I'm psychic, Kim, so I can predict people's future. Uh, I can predict your future and the future of your entire audience. You want to hear what it is? I would love to. It's going to be really stressful because that's the way the world's going. And you're going to get sick and lose all your friends and then you're going to die. Now, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's been pretty consistent over history. (laughs) No one's ever gone out of here alive. So with that being the case, I suggest that people invest in finding what's permanent, what keeps us alive, what is peace within, and put some time, energy, maybe even some money towards uh, finding that because in the next years, things are going to be stressful and Life is challenging until you find that one thing that you can rely on. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Do you have anything coming up that you want to tell our audience about? Let's see. I I actually train people nowadays. You train therapists. I train people on how to do MDMA therapy, which is going to become legal next year. I've been doing that for a bunch of years. People can go to mdmatraining.net if they want to know about that type of work. Of course, I have my podcast, just like you, called Awareness Explorers. I interview people like me, but better (laughs) or more famous. Okay. All right. That makes sense. What about if people want to find your book? Where can they get that? The easiest place is Amazon, or they can go to theenlightenmentproject.net. It became a bestseller, so it's pretty easy to find. Okay. And then if anybody wanted to reach out to you for any further information, how could they contact you? They can do that either at awarenessexplorers.com, the podcast site, or the enlightenmentproject.net. There's a contact thing and people can just reach me and, and I always respond to every email somehow. I'm trying to find a way to spiritualize email and that's my cutting edge right now. Good luck with that. Yeah, no, I know. It's a tough one. I know you can do it, but it's a challenge for sure. Yeah, yeah. 
Jonathan, I really appreciate you joining us today. I know you're just coming off a vacation and you got right on this podcast and I really appreciate you being here. I knew you were going to be a great guest and you definitely didn't disappoint. So thank you so much. My pleasure, Kim. Keep up the great work. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when we'll be continuing the topic of self-discovery with Sporty King. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.